everybody and welcome from sunny West London. How are you doing, Rory? Very good, thank you. You've been enjoying this weather? I have, not as much as you have. You're looking very tanned post your holiday down in Devon. Yeah, absolutely. Wishing I was still down there. Back in London and weather like this is not ideal. Yeah, well, it's nice to see you in the office, Fred. <laughs> Why, thank you. Good to be here. Uh, so, straight to it, this week, we're moving from the racy world of cryptocurrency uh, to the slightly more old-school finance topic of inflation. Oh, no, Fred, we can't be doing a podcast on inflation, can we? <laughs> yeah, and as you well know, we are. Well, uh, please do not turn off right now. We assure you this is going to be entertaining. Well, actually, Fred, I actually want to go back to um, cryptos uh, and cryptocurrencies because... Um, I've um, been looking at a lot of cryptocurrencies and um, I found a few more asset classes for you. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little quiz. I think you heard all of my knowledge on cryptos last, uh, last podcast. Well, so. let's see what you've been picking up in the, from reading the FT over your holiday, which I'm sure you did every, every day. Um, so, Fred, talk to me. What is a meme stock? A meme stock? Is yeah. It, is, okay, it's, it's a complete guess. I'm... I'm guessing this is a stock like Reddit, which becomes a hot stock because it's it's uh, oh, sorry, not like Reddit, like like GameStop because it has gone through uh, yeah. these sort of millennial or Generation Z pipelines. Yeah, that's that's exactly correct. Um, okay, um, have you come across stable coins? Vague bell. So that is an asset. That's cryptocurrency. So that's a cryptocurrency which can be which can be asset backed against the dollar or gold or you know any other. So it's like pegged to them. Yeah, exactly. And then kind of getting slightly more left field. Um, do you know what NFT stands for? Non fungible tokens. Yeah. No. Exactly. And um, I've got a few of these NFTs, digital asset prices here. Um, and um, how much do you think Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, sold his first tweet for? <laughs> okay, it's going to be hard. Is this in dollars or Bitcoin? In dollars. Uh, I'm going to say a million dollars. No, two and a half million dollars. Um, your favourite video, I remember you talking about this at school the entire time. Your favourite video, um, the Charlie Bit My Finger video. Oh, yeah. yeah, you love yeah. that one. Uh, that went for auction the other day. Um, how much do you think that sold for? I would, oh, goodness me, 10 million. No, 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 you're way up, Fred. $760,000. Okay. Which is both paid for Charlie and his older brother's um, university education, hopefully. And um, what do you think has been the highest um, ever sold um, NFT? Was this that, that piece of artwork? Yeah, that piece of art. Yeah. Um, I, it is called... Um, Every day is the first 5,000 days, and it's by the American digital artist Beeple. Any guesses for how much that sold for? Okay, this one is high. Um, $20 million. No, $69.3 million sold by Christie's. Um, which has made, yeah, 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 which has made me think, yeah, um, how much do you think our first podcast would sell for as an NFT? <laughs> Um, well, give it time. We should hold on to it. For yeah, now. I think I'd definitely pay 100 quid for it. Yeah, at least. Would you outbid me on that? Uh, 101. Okay, well, at least 101. Um, but carry on with NFTs, it gets even crazier. Have you come across Top Shots? Top Shots? Yeah. Not Hot Shots? No, Top Shots. Okay. 
No, I haven't. So th these are nuts. These are baseball cards for the 21st century. You know, when they were baseball cards it used to come in kind of American yeah. cigarette packets in the 19, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s. Yeah, Babe Ruth. Yeah, exactly. Um, so these are actually launched by the NBA, so they're kind of basketball-based. And it's a blockchain-based platform that allows fans to buy, sell and trade specific officially licensed NBA videos. So, oh, I love that. So, for example, if there's an all-star game and someone like LeBron James or Steph Curry did an amazing trick shot, that video, that clip would be turned into an NFT and then put onto a marketplace which people can buy and sell. So, um, on the marketplace at the moment, you've got entry-level videos starting at kind of $4 um, all the way up to uh, $250,000 for a LeBron James slam dunk. They uh, had they monetized the uh, Michael Jordan. Well, they have I don't think they've gone back in time yet, but that had got me thinking, Fred. Um, you know, what would be the most valuable Premier League or Rugby World Cup uh, NFT, you know, video clip, which which will probably one day be made into a uh, non fungible token? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, football. Uh, as you know, I probably watched about one football game a year, one Premier League game a year. <laughs> um, does, does it have to be Premier League? Could be World anything, Cup? anything. Um, anything well, surely it's going to be Beckham free kick against Greece. World yeah, Cup qualifiers. No, that would go for a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. I also was thinking the, um, the Paul Gascoigne Euro 96 goal and then dentist chair celebration um, against Scotland would probably <laughs> go for a lot of money. Uh, well, what about uh, Shea Given? Do you remember him? Was it yeah. Shea Given. <laughs> Given in the uh, World Cup for Ireland, wonder display and goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd have to kind of have back to have a compilation of top shots. Um, yeah. And then obviously in rugby, it would be, you know, Johnny Hawkins' drop goal. No, no, no. I, um, much more anarchy. Surely it's Andrew Sheridan going over Matt Dunning. Oh, God. Okay, let's go. Let's change, <laughs> let's change subject on that. Um, and then my final NFT, Fred, which is even crazier than top shots, is digital horses. <laughs> What? Have you come across Digital Horses, the new asset class of 2021? Is it like a sort of horse version of a Tamagotchi? Uh, effectively, yeah, that's that's quite a good good doing it. So these Digital Horses, are, are, they're, they're, they're termed breathing NFTs. So, you know, forget Royal Ascot. It's all about digital horse racing in, in 2021. Um, you know, these these are like real life horses. So you can breed them. They, they have a bloodline. They they. Yeah, they have a life of their own. You have to feed them and trade them. Um, and then you can enter them into races. And they can, you know, because it's a digital horse, you can enter them into unlimited races. So you pay a race fee and then you can kind of win money on it. Um, and like real life horses, they have a bloodline and they have genes and they can pass it on. Um, and, you know, and it's algorithm based and no two horses can, can be the same. So um, it's, it's absolutely nuts. And, and, you know, they're on a platform called Zed Run. Um, and they um, have, you know, they can kind of go for huge money. How much do you think, you know, the, you know, a one well, a kind of top of the range horse sells for? Oh, okay. I I don't reckon it's as high. I reckon twenty five grand. Okay, so one owner currently has a has a digital horse stable worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and another owner has sold a digital horse for one hundred and twenty five thousand wow. dollars. Um, so um. When um, people are talking about Reddit, you know, and GameStop and um, 
AMC and all those meme stocks and the cryptocurrencies is just more than that. You've got top shots, you've got um and the digital horses. So um nice. So to... forget about uh, a rainy boxing day at um extra race course. You, you you can just sit at home on your computer. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think that um you know we'll have to see what 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 comes up next in in kind of the next kind of digital NFT um asset class. But um let's go back to inflation. Ugh. I'm sorry, but well, you know, you've basically taken up the whole podcast with that. <laughs> okay, inflation, Roy. Talk to us about the recent inflation numbers that came out this morning, um, and why are people actually worrying about that? Um, yeah, so inflation has, has been in, has been in the news for the last you know six months or so, and the fears of inflation, and it's it's a topic that, that you and I have been putting to the back of the um, of the, of the, of the podcast rotor. But actually, it's a very personal subject for us to kind of talk about, um, especially in terms of everyday life as well as just an investment. Um, so the inflation numbers came out today, and they came out at two point one percent, which is above where the bank wanted to have the bank. UK numbers. UK numbers. Bank of England wants um, inflation to be at two percent, and it's currently at two point one percent. And US is is slightly higher. They, uh, you, uh, for some reason, inflation you say it's running hotter. So the US no, is running hot. slightly hotter, and that's been led by an increase in the fuel price. So obviously the price of crude oil has gone up, and um, so that means the price of petrol has gone up, which means that's kind of everyday inflation. That's gone up eighteen percent over the past year, and also um, eating out and dining and, and clove clove shopping. Um, because people won't really be doing that last year or so, so that's all really gone can't up. can't begrudge a, a restaurant yeah. putting their prices up after the year they've had. Yeah. So you know, you know, inflation, you know, it, it, you know, it's 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 an everyday occurrence. Um, but you know, what we don't want to have and, and worry about is um is hyperinflation, Brad, do we? No, no, definitely not. Uh, I mean, um, sort of classic historical examples of uh, Weimar Republic or. Or Zimbabwe, or, or 1970s were you know, pretty grim periods, actually. Yeah. Do you remember um, about eight years ago, Church House did a um, did an, a, a kind event, and we gave each of our guests a, a mark, a Weimar Republic mark, a Reichsmark, I think it was called. Yeah, and we've still got that. Uh, have you still got yours? Yeah. It. Where, well, it's five million marks um, that was, and they were basically just printing out money to keep up. With the with the pace of inflation and yeah. and and more recently you've seen it in Zimbabwe with um you know notes going for two billion dollars and stuff and people having to buy a loaf of bread with wheelbarrow full of you know two billion dollar notes yeah you know, so it, can, it can be nuts um I, and and obviously that's actually nightmare for a shop because a shop it, like, if inflation reaches crazy levels consumers won't actually be responding to that at the same rate as inflation so if Tesco's is seeing their, the price of things that they buy off Unilever going up by 100%. If the consumer isn't going to pay 100% more for something which, uh, you know, a year ago was half the price, are they? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so like in, in, in that case, the actual shops have to take it on the chin. Yeah. So, you know, inflation is an everyday thing and, it, and it's something that, you know, that, that as an investor and, and as investors, we have to embrace, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know we look for companies which 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 have pricing power and can and can kind of either you know outpace inflation, beat inflation, or at least kind of control inflation. Because the important thing with you know for companies is you want to be able to continue growing your revenues, but also protecting your margins. And a classic example of that is Guinness. I've got this Guinness chart here, Fred. Oh yeah. 
price of Guinness from 1900 through to um, 2021, which I just added. Um, I haven't had a Guinness yet this year. It's been a bit hot. Um, but um, how much do you think a price of Guinness was in April 1900 in new money? I won't take new money. money. I won't okay. Take money. I can take old money, um, but I don't know what the D means. Um, I'm going to say 25p. No. So in April 1990, it was one and a quarter p. <laughs> Nice. Um, at the end of the Second World War, it was 4p in 1919. At the end of the, um, at, sorry, at the end of the First World War, it was 4p. The end of the Second World War, it was 6p. Um, coming up to 1976, 28p. All the way up to 1980, 59p. Jeez, so it's, it's still under a pound. Still under a pound, and it. it Broke a pound in June 1989 at £1.40. Great year, that. Um, and how much do you think Pines of Guinness is now in London? Let's go to the local pub is the uh, Running Horse, which is actually a very expensive pub in London. I'm going to say Guinness set you back six, seven pounds. Yeah, seven pounds 20. Gee, so we've gone from from 1p, did you say, originally? In 121 years, we've gone from one and a quarter p to seven pounds 20. That's and that's the power of Guinness, and that's why you want to own these businesses like Diageo, which which make Guinness. They have the pricing power to kind of outpace inflation because people, you know, like the brand enough and like the the product enough to be able to want to buy um want to buy Guinness, so they can rise the price accordingly with um inflation. Okay. Another example is um is Unilever, so Marmite. Okay, so you've got the input cost of Marmite is yeast, and last year brewers weren't making any money. Uh, weren't making any beer because no one was buying any beer because everyone was stuck at home and pubs weren't open. Mm. So the price of yeast went up because because yeast wasn't you know it's a byproduct. Yeast of beer. Down. The price of yeast went up. Okay. And um, because because it was a scarcity of yeast, so Marmite takes its takes its yeast product from these breweries. So so that means that the price of Marmite had to go up because the in, the input costs went up. And um, you know Unilever have have the power and they've got the the brand and. Um, and their pricing power to be able to you know, add on to that to consumers and consumers are willing to pay that kind of price increase because they want to have their marmite yeah um do you love it or do you hate it i hate it do you yeah not a fan no. yeah you're quite kind of bland and butter on taste kind of guy aren't you <laughs> excuse me <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, grace um, the proper reply so you know you have got businesses which can um embrace inflation and and you know protect their margins whilst growing their revenue and that's what that's what you and i try and aim to do in in, in across the funds we run yeah focus on companies that actually have that um yeah some yeah. some some kind of a product so you know we've got all these businesses which 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 have pricing power and and you know can um survive in a world of inflation but what are the what businesses which can't um struggle well i've got quite a fun one i'll, I'll turn it into a quiz um somehow uh price of a flat screen tv okay what do you reckon a flat screen TV cost you? So this is the first flat screen TVs back in 96, 97. Uh, you know, the originals actually weren't that flat. What, they what, had the big box on the back. Uh, they were just big screens. What would a, Fuji, a Fujitsu set you back? Oh, my goodness. I reckon, I remember at school we had one, do you remember? In, that, yeah. in the sixth form common room. And it was rubbish. Yeah. I reckon that must have been five, no, ten... 15, 15 grand, five grand. Let's yeah. say five grand. Yeah. yeah, well, definitely north of 10 grand. North of 10 grand. Yeah, oh 10 goodness. to 15, as you said. Uh, by 2007, 
the price had moved down to about three grand. This yeah. is for a 55 inch okay. all the way through history. Yeah. 2012, would you reckon a plasma? That's when plasmas came out. What would that set you back? Uh, one and a half grand. Yeah, you're pretty good at this. Two, <laughs> yeah, two grand. Uh, and if you were to go to John Lewis now and buy, this is not on sale, not on World Cup sale, just full price, a 55 grand Ultra HD Samsung. Goodness. Um, um, I don't know, 600 quid, 700 quid. 479. 479. So, yeah, I thought that's an example of something, <laughs> something that's clearly deflating in price. Yeah, so, it is deflating uh, in price. A flat screen TV's gone from north of 10 grand. Yeah. And the technology's only got better and better. Yeah, Moore's Law. Yeah. We'll discuss that. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, price is now um, sub 500. Another one, uh, supermarkets. So, obviously, over the last year, uh, it's been a disrupted year, but it's actually been an exceptional year for sales because everybody was at home. You realise how much you need your supplies. Could, we could only go to supermarkets. Yeah. And yeah. do you remember those? You know, in the news, there are places in in you know Tesco's where they had to they had to cordon off like the book section. Yeah. Because it wasn't a, a um uh, you know a necessary good. Yeah. Because um, they're the only shops out to be open, weren't they? Supermarkets. Yeah. Well, I mean, people literally queuing around the corner, or I mean, it would take you. Um, I mean, peak lockdown it was three, four weeks to actually get a, to, to get a delivery slot. Yeah, well, um, I was very lucky because my um, wife, Lucy, was an NHS, is, is an NHS nurse. So I got to go in and a special eight till nine, you know, pensioners and NHS staff nurse. So I love going in with her, flashing her badge and, you know, getting <laughs> all the pasta and flour before anyone else could. Oh, nice. <laughs> all that baking, all that sourdough. Um, but anyway, so you would have thought in that, in those conditions. Supermarkets had a really good year. Yeah, yeah. but actually... So their sales have gone up, so the actually revenue they take, but their profitability took a massive hit because of all the money they had to spend on readjusting, trying to get their home delivery up to date, trying to make sure all their PPE was, yeah, make um, COVID was in place. Yeah, so actually, so uh, picking out to the, the, the three biggies in the UK, Tesco sales in 2020 were plus 7%. Their profitability was down 28%. Okay, so yeah, carry on Sainsbury's sales up 7%, same as Tesco's, profit down 39%. Morrison's sales up 9%, best of that bunch, profit halved. So, I mean, that for me is businesses without pricing power. Yeah, they haven't got, they, 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 they basically had the best year for sales. I mean, they've yeah. had it as long as I've yeah. covered them, but they're actually making less money. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, that's an example of, on the one hand, businesses with, with, with strong brands or, or strong IP or strong technology that actually have pricing power. Yeah. Uh, and on the other hand, you've got businesses which don't have pricing power, uh, such as supermarkets uh, or, or TVs or actually banks. So, I mean, mortgages, you just go to whoever gives you the cheapest mortgage, right? You, yeah, you, you're, you're, exactly. You're, you're, you're not going to go to a bank because you prefer NatWest over HSBC. You or prefer the app or prefer the... Yeah. Uh, right. So, uh, I, I, I mean, to, to try and wrap it up, uh, how do we actually deal with inflation as investors? Um, and like, are we right to be really worried about inflation right now? Yeah. Are, are we going into the seventies again, hyperinflation? Well, you know, that's the thing. Is, 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 is we want to, we don't want to go back into an example of, of hyperinflation, a kind of period of hyperinflation. But I think nowadays the, the government, uh, sorry, the Bank of England and the Fed. Have kind of much more control over inflation and and much more uh, not control much more of a grasp and a handle of inflation yeah 
and um, Jay Powell, the 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 the, the chairman Fair. of the Fed, he said that you know they aren't afraid to let inflation run hot a bit for a bit. And there's also you know we've had this inflation over the last um, couple of months, you know, because of the, the higher input costs, you know, because of COVID-related factors. Um, and a lot of um, you know bond market managers see that as quite transitory. Um, so yeah. um, it's it, you know it'll be interesting to see where you know inflation. You know, goes from here. I think there definitely will be inflation in, in the markets will be baked in. But as investors, you know, and fund managers, you and I have got to embrace that inflation and, and make sure we, we own and buy the right companies, which can which can kind of outpace it and have the ability to do so. Yeah, fantastic. Well said. I, I mean, like anything um, I'd add on top of that is like it's not abnormal for inflation to run a bit hot after a period where the economy's basically turned off and suddenly it's back on again. So, like post World War Two, we had. Um, so U.S. inflation uh, in 1946 was plus 8%, 47 plus 16, 48 plus 8. And then it went back to 1 to 2% until uh, until the mid-60s. So that, that was simply just supply was completely closed because of the war. Uh, or, uh, I mean, recently, uh, you know, all these factories closed down because of COVID. But then suddenly things are opening up again and people want uh, it, there's actually consumer demand and, and there's, you know, animal, animal spirits coming back. So that supply needs to catch up. So like, it's, it's not, uh, it's not abnormal to expect uh, a bit of inflation just while that readjusts. No, exactly. And, and the, the thing that you and I need to do is, 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 um, you know, find and, and invest in inflation beating companies because, you know, they are the best hedge in case, you know, the worst does happen. Brilliant. Uh, great. Well, I, I think we've well truly thrashed out inflation there. Yeah, I think that's a kind of real um, box tick. Um, hopefully in the next podcast, we'll go on something far more interesting. Uh, and then we have our final podcast um, in two podcast time where we've got a uh, very uh, special guest who we're looking forward to having for our kind of season finale. Yeah, looking forward to that. Great. Well, Thanks, Rory. Good to see you, Fred. Always a pleasure.